Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash talkingdead. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, computer, or MP3 player. Hello, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV series, The Walking Dead. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Talking Dead. This is episode number 53 for the 12th of September, 2011. We are about one month out from the second season premiere of The Walking Dead. Pretty close. It's exciting. We're almost there. Almost. We're almost there. Remember when we were recording back in the spring and it felt like so long yeah. until it was coming that on? seems like so long ago. And I said something stupid like, let's just blow, blow through the summer, get to the fall and get right back to it. And you corrected me rightly saying let's have a nice long warm fun summer well it happened and then get into the <laughs> into the fall and see season two and yeah now the summer's done here yeah. we are middle of september and we're only about four weeks from the premiere yeah look what you did now the summer's gone summer's gone i blame it, you it's all my fault yeah it's all my fault um so how's it going how's your last two weeks Not pretty good very good very busy yeah super busy you you bought a house bought a house that's very exciting. Organizing all that stuff. That's very exciting. You're going to move in on the weekend that the show premieres. That's correct. <laughs> so Cable is, will be set up before I get there. Okay. And so, I'll have a, a high-definition antenna. No, it doesn't come across antenna. No, it's it does broadcast. not. Oh, I'm hooped if I don't get cable. So I'll well, make sure you, I'll, cable, I'll have cable. Worst case scenario, you'll pick the show up on iTunes, the premiere, the next morning, That's and watch true. it right away. Yep. So or we're just come to your house. Or you welcome to come here. All right. I won't be here, but you can That's come here fine. if you want. That's fine. I we'll, have a key. We'll get into why in a minute. Uh, before that, though, I just want to tell everyone that I'm in a uh, significant amount of body pain. Are you? Yeah. Why? Well, I did some physical activity this weekend. That back I didn't, flips? I didn't know. I didn't mention it to you yet because I thought it would be more fun to talk about it right well, here. I told you not to do backflips, Chris. I shouldn't do backflips, but it wasn't backflips. Can I guess? Sure. All right. Significant amount of uh, physical activity this weekend? A, you're never going to guess it because... B, it's kind of lame, it's but kinda, it hurts me. <laughs> you were picking up rocks from the driveway the whole weekend, and they each weighed 50 pounds. No, no. It's it's a much more fun physical activity. You took a shot putting course. <laughs> caber toss, actually. Oh, caber toss is good. Did you get it over? A full toss? <laughs> no, it wasn't caber toss. <laughs> oh. Uh, it was badminton. Oh, badminton. badminton I, used to, I used to like badminton. I, I really like badminton, but it's surprisingly... Uh, it's surprisingly hard on your body if oh, you're yeah. kind of inactive like me. Yep. And, you know, this wasn't just your run-of-the-mill pansy kind of hit-it-back-and-forth kind of no, badminton. That, that's not badminton. That's hitting a, a shuttle back and forth. I was actually playing badminton. Yeah. We had a, a mini tournament, and it wasn't that mini because over Saturday and Sunday, I probably played five to six hours of badminton. Wow. So my legs were hurting, my shoulder and my, my right arm. and Yeah. I, I played in high school. I loved it. I thought badminton was great. It's really good. I was a master. Were you? I was a master at uh, getting that shuttle cock across the, uh, the net there. <laughs> uh, I would like to challenge you then. No way. I can't play now. Why not? Bad knees, uh, quick changes in direction. Would uh, I'd be on the ground and I would have been unable to walk for a week, like almost immediately if I started playing. I, I can't play tennis. I can't go skiing. Uh, my, it was hard enough walking over here. 
this, uh, with the weather that's happening right now. That's unfortunate. It really is. No, I can't. I, I wouldn't even even think about playing badminton. Too many quick changes of direction. My knees would blow out and I'd be on the ground in pain. Okay, so I was thinking to myself that if I can't even get through a couple of days of badminton, I'd be completely screwed in the zombie apocalypse. Oh, I'm hooped. I knew, I've and, known that for years. And with bad knees, you'd be like running away, but they'd still be faster than you. Yeah. Oh, no, I'd be, uh, I'd, I'd be done. All right. Well, you and I are screwed then. We might as well just get together no, and hang out until I, we're eaten. That's why I need a bomb shelter in my house <clears throat> and a rack of shotguns and lots of ammo. <laughs> and lots of ammo. And that only... That way I don't have to run anywhere. For a while. And well, we let let them die down. You go out in the winter when they're all frozen. Oh, and just clear the area around? That's true. We do live in a place that gets awfully cold in the winter. Yeah, so. so no problem. Okay, exciting. Exciting. Now that I've told my badminton story, I'll Now, take... where did you play badminton? Like, uh, my, my neighbor over there, they got a, a real... I don't, well, I don't know what a professional badminton setup is, but he got a pretty high-end bad backyard badminton net. Nice. And so we got together, and uh, some of the guys from the neighborhood, we got around, and we had this little badminton tournament. Well, that sounds and like I'm, fun. And I'm probably the worst of everybody who was playing. Well, I would all, assume so. They're all athletic. <laughs> that was a you joke. Know, I'm sorry. You know, they're, some of them are older than me, but they're all athletic and in better shape, most of them. And, oh, one guy's a pro tennis player, so that doesn't help. Did he win? Uh, he's almost impossible to beat. Did you beat him in the head with the, with the shuttle? No. Did no, you try? No. no. <laughs> no, he's he's impossible to beat right now. And you, I, you gotta you gotta you gotta really you gotta smash it right at their head. People don't know how to get that racket angled right to deal with something coming right at their noodle. Can't do that in this game. We have a court painted on the grass, and yeah. if you shoot it out, it's out. It's their point. So smashing it at them, if you hit them, that's fine. But if you miss, it's going out almost every time. Well, yeah. Well, you can smash down, right? Because the net's not super high. No, you can smash down, but that takes a certain amount of talent. Yeah, and he's flick. a tennis player. He is good at returning I don't know. shuttlecocks. I'd, I'd smash him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd you'd probably lose. Okay, well, if, what if I had two rackets and I just stood in the middle? <laughs> and didn't move and just kind of flail around. I don't think that would work either. What if I had lightsabers instead? We have one... Well, you wouldn't have a net for very long then, probably. We have one rule that I believe is custom to our backyard badminton league. Yeah. And that is... And this may not be... Uh, this may be a rule in real badminton. I don't know. You can tell me. But the rule we have is that if it goes off your body... Yeah. And you can return it with the racket without it hitting the ground, it's a fair shot. I think so. I think that's actual badminton rules. I, I, that sounds familiar to me. Like, you can bounce it off your chest... And if you can get it back over yep. with the racket, you're I, good. I think that's a real rule. Huh. Interesting. What if your hand, though? What if you kind of like set it with your hand? Well, I think it's kind of like hockey, right? You can stop it with your hand, but you can't actually push the puck with your hand. Right? Or close your hand. Or grab it. it and throw it at your friend or, you know, toss it into the net going, ah, I gotcha. Yeah, you can't do that. Or, you know, grab it and put it under your shirt and skate all, all the way down the line and then take it out and throw it at the net. Gotcha. Can't do that. No. Okay. Can't do it in badminton. All right. Well, I didn't realize that was an actual rule. So. Well, you know, I'm just guessing. It sounds familiar to me, but I haven't played badminton. Last time I played badminton was 1993, possibly. It's a long time ago. Dude. Sure was. <laughs> That's when I used to be able to make quick changes in movement without falling down in extreme amounts of pain. I hope it wasn't the badminton that screwed up your knees. No, it was life. Yeah. Well, that happens. Okay, well, we've talked about badminton for a lot longer than I intended, but anyways, that's what Wait, I've been this, doing. I thought this was the badminton podcast. What podcast are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, this this isn't the badminton show. That's the one we do oh, tomorrow. Oh, that's Badminton Weekly, right? Okay. <laughs> Badmin this week in badminton. <laughs> uh, we should pitch Leo that one. That's a good idea. Totally, and it would all be about what I do in my backyard. Ah. Okay. 
let's get to some Walking Dead news. Okay. Um, there's lots of news this week. We also, of course, have our Walking Dead actor spotlight on Andrew Rothenberg. Is his name Andrew? Yeah, it's Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, unless you pronounce it differently, Andrew. No, that's the same thing. <laughs> I got nothing. Yep, that's the Moving same on. thing. Uh, but before all that, I want to make an announcement that's exciting, or at least exciting for me. Okay. And that is... It's exciting that, for me, but said. It's, that's right. That is that in um, about next month, in four weeks, yep. I'm going to be traveling to New York City to attend the New York City Comic Con. Oh, that is exciting. Yeah, it's awesome. I've, I've been thinking about this for a long time. You and I were trying to do a trip. Yeah, we were thinking about it. We couldn't make San Diego no, work. Oh, and that's sad. And frankly, New York's a little bit easier for us to get to. It is. Because we've got, uh, you know, cheap airlines that go, you know, eight times a day or something like that. Yep. So I am coming down by myself, all by my lonesome, on October 13th, yep. which is the first day of Comic-Con. And I'm not flying home until Monday the 17th. So I'm there for all four days. Wow. All four days straight. It's going to be awesome. You're going to have cable while you're there, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm staying in two different places. Uh, both have cable. Okay, good. Uh, because, of course, as we know, season two premieres during the week of Comic-Con. Which is awesome. Which is great. So I imagine there's going to be all kinds of Walking Dead stuff going on there. Robert Kirkman will be there. I'm hoping to chat with him for a minute. That's great. Um, Get him to sign your forehead. <clears throat> well, I can And pr- then have it tattooed. I can think of better things for him to sign than my forehead, frankly. Your bicep? <laughs> No, non parts of my body. Next to your uh, your uh, <laughs> your tattoo of a, a barbed wire fence around your your bicep. A piece of barbed wire. Yeah, because you have that right, where it's a uh, you know barbed wire <laughs> fence around your uh, around your bicep. Doesn't everybody? Well, that's what I assume. Right. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to talk to Robert if I can. I don't know. Uh, I've I've actually, I'll let everyone know, applied for press credentials. That'd be cool. Uh, you know, podcast is one of the things listed right there on the press form. So I figured it couldn't hurt. You yep. know, why not? If not, I'll just be a regular attendee Schmo. like everybody else. That's right. Um, but it's, it's going to be great. I'm going to bring some stuff with me if I can, some stuff to give out to people. Uh, we'll see. We haven't really firmed up all those details yet, but That's we're exciting. working on it now. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to just hanging around New York a little bit, seeing good. some stuff, attending the Comic-Con, and uh, just having a really good time. So, if there's anybody down there who's listening, and you want to meet up, or say hi, or have a beer, and you're not a weirdo, then <laughs> I say we totally do it. I'm glad you put that in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what? Weirdo I can handle. Um Psycho is probably something I don't want to get involved I'm with. I'm not sure that psychos know that they're psychos. Hmm, good some, some of them do, but you know, are you ever really sure? I, I don't know. I guess not. I, you know, I've never really been psycho, so I really couldn't <laughs> tell you. But I just assume that uh, psychos don't really know. All right. Well, if you're a friendly person and you want to hang out, maybe get a beer, maybe just meet up at the Comic Con. Uh, if I have stuff to give away, if you want to get free stuff, <laughs> that'd be good. <laughs> you know, let's uh, you know get in get in touch. I'm I'm looking for people to meet while we're down there because. I'm going to be all by myself otherwise. That'd be great. And I'll be, I'll be lonely. I can't go. No, you suck. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm moving that weekend. <laughs> Into your brand new house. Yep. That's Very, kind of exciting. Oh, it is exciting. It's very exciting. But, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You Timing. do. Timing is everything. All right. Well, just, you know, make sure that at some point in the future, assuming we're, we still do this, you make time to go on a trip to something goof, goofy like a Comic-Con. Well, next year, I think San Diego would be good. 
That would be good if we can get our act together for that. Well, we should... Uh, and and frankly, I should say, if San Diego can get their act together so people can actually buy tickets. Yeah, that would be good, too. We that would be helpful. With that. Um, so it's uh, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I'm, I'm, really, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to try and do a brief Skype podcast every night while I'm down there. That'd be good. So you got to at least make yourself available for that. I will. Very good. Well, it's not like I'm going to, you know, be completely unavailable or shut off from the outside world no no spend all day moving your crap organizing stuff and then in the evening when you're really tired and just yeah. ready to go to bed take 20 minutes and we'll we'll get on the skype yeah i'll either get on my computer or go out in the backyard and oh that'd be nice that Sit will in the be backyard cool. the first thing that your new neighbors will hear is you talking about talking zombies. about zombies this and... is where i'm going to put the bomb shelter <laughs> <laughs> that's right i'm going to load it with three years worth of chef boy rd how to <laughs> you know properly zombie protu- uh, pr- uh, protect your house right there you go okay guys so it's going to be it's going to be great if anyone's down in new york and wants to meet up by all means send us a quick email to talking at gmail.com and we will make it happen mm-hmm all right, let's get into the news, the Walking Dead news for this week. Sorry. Ow, what was that? There's a flashlight. Careful, don't break my flashlight. Um, These are indestructible. True. Uh, so, the news, season two, more season two details. There's all kinds of stuff coming out. It's a fairly, It's been a fairly busy couple of weeks, and it's. I don't think it's going to really slow down. Until the show is back on. And then it's not going to slow down either. So, all kinds of information was released. The most exciting of which is that the premiere will be 90 minutes long. Oh, that's good. Just like the season one premiere. That's good. Which, as it stands right now, is I think probably the best episode of the show. I would think so. Um, 90 minutes long. Now, I'm not sure if this means we are having 13 episodes, the first of which is 90 minutes long. Right. Or if we're having... 13 episodes, and two of them air on premiere night. And are 45 minutes each? And are 40... Well, that 90 minutes is, you know, 90 minutes of duration, not 90 minutes of showtime, right? Because, uh, you know, an hour of programming is only 44 minutes. Yeah, that's, you know, that's true. Commercials. That's true. Uh, so 90 if minutes was, is probably, you know, the time slot that they have. Is the time slot. So it's probably like an hour of actual footage. Hour and a bit, probably. Yeah, maybe. No, it's got to be more. It's, it's probably an hour and ten or well, something twenty-two like that. minutes per half hour, right? So an hour is forty, or an hour would be forty-four plus twenty-two would be sixty-six. So an hour and a bit. Yeah, you're hmm. right. I guess an hour and a bit. Um, the reason I say I'm not sure is because I, orid- I initially assumed, like in season one, we had six episodes. The first one just happened to be yeah. an extra half well, hour. That, that's. I think that's probably <clears throat> what they'll do. Although in one of the websites I was reading. I think it was actually Glenn Mazzara, the showrunner, who was saying that they decided to combine the first two episodes into one. Oh, to, so we're getting hosed again. So we might only kind of end up with 12 episodes instead of 13. Right. But I'm not 100% sure about this yet. I don't know. I hope that's not the case. I hope we just get like an expanded premiere. That'd be good. And then 12 more normal episodes after that. Yeah, I would like that. Good. As we know, it's going to be on October 16th at 9 p.m. You'll be in New York. I will be in New York. I'm going to be, be there. Toronto. So we're not going to be in the watching it together, which we probably I mean, wouldn't be have, anyway. Have we? <laughs> uh, only that one time. We, we came over to your house. Oh, yeah. And we watched it a second time. The second time, yeah. I those, don't remember those, why those we were did good that. Times. I don't remember why. I think we did a podcast. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure why. Doesn't matter. Maybe we'll do that again. Um, so after after the premiere, here's the other news. We get six one-hour episodes. We'll air in consecutive weeks. That's good. And then we're taking a break. Yeah. So we're taking a not break from sometime in uh, early December or late November for the holidays and for football season. Right. And the show is not coming back until February 12th. Well, that's good. <clears throat> that's kind of a long break. It's two two months. Nah, that's fine. That's normal. I mean, they're they're premiering stuff in September, right? They don't want to step on the toes of that. Like all, most of the TVs all premiering in September. So they don't want to step on those toes. And then we have our mid-season stuff that's all premiering in January. And they don't want to step on those toes. So I think February is uh, is the right time. Why don't they want to step on the toes of these other shows? What do they care? This is the highest rated show on TV. Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, they're, they're later than uh, a lot of the shows that are premiering. Well, you know, they premiere all through September, mid-September to mid-October, mm-hmm. right? So this is on the tail end of that. So it makes sense that they'll take the break and then they'll go on the tail end of the mid-season stuff that starts mid-January to mid-February. I'm, I just don't really get it exactly because there are other shows like breaking bad which is on now it runs straight through 13 episodes yeah uh the killing ran straight through yeah i don't uh i've actually never watched mad men when it's actually broadcasting so i don't know if they break that up but i doubt it i don't know so why all of a sudden are they breaking up the walking dead i don't understand well they gotta break for christmas I, i understand they have to break for the holidays for sure and i guess they're the other thing was football season i guess a lot of viewers are are um taken away by football and it's a sunday night show and isn't sunday night football a big thing i i i, I would assume so it sounds like it to me I, I don't know i think the super bowl is always on a sunday if it's if i'm not mistaken super bowl sunday seems like a phrase that i've heard before <laughs> see exactly so <laughs> so i guess football is a big deal um in terms of tv watching i know it's a right. big deal in general so i don't know it just kind of bugs me though that they're going to take a break now it's nowhere near as bad as we saw when things like Battlestar Galactica were on. Oh, yeah. And they'd take like well, an eight-month break. Even The Sopranos, which was over a year mid-season. Are you split, serious? Yeah, they split the season. Even Battlestar did that. It was a year. There was a year between... Uh, Why? Oh, well, that's a whole rat hole we don't want to get into, but yeah. I, I suppose by those standards, a break from a couple of December to February is okay. I, I have no problems with this break. Well, it, it annoys me because I'm not going to want to wait. That's all I can right. say. Well, who does? Yeah. One of the other things I read is that TVbythenumbers.com said that it probably has to do as much with accounting as anything else. Apparently, networks don't have to report the expense for a TV episode until it actually airs. Right. So they delay a show, and what they do is they spread the expense for one season over two or three quarters oh. of time, so they don't have to book it all at the same time. Right. Um, and I guess they do that for accounting and tax purposes and so on. Well, yeah, so. you have to recognize income at certain at a certain point, right? Or recognize expenses and recognize income. And it's very strategic when you do that. Yeah, of course. So, so we'll see. I mean, that could be another reason. But at, you're right. At least it's not a six, eight, or 12-month break. It's just a couple of months. And Well, maybe they're doing a Valentine's Day episode, and they want to coordinate <laughs> that with uh, February 14th. <laughs> so they have something on February 12th, and... You know, it's, it's, it's a Valentine's zombie. We'll come back after hiatus and it'll be Valentine's Day. That's right. Isn't that nice? I didn't <laughs> think of that, but that must be what it a is. A little zombie cherub. <laughs> True love. Yep. That's got to be it. Yep. 
So, continuing with season two, the premiere has actually screened to a number of journalists already. Oh. So there is a bit of information out there. Now, most of them, well, I guess all of them are under serious NDAs to not really talk about it other than acknowledge the fact that they were there. I saw it. Yep. I saw it. They, people have seen it, and pretty much universally, they've said it's amazing. Well, they're not supposed to. Well, they're not supposed to give details, but they're allowed to say whether they like it or not. Oh, well, I'm glad they like and it. And theoretically, they're probably not really allowed to say if it, they thought it sucked. <laughs> oh, their NDA is like, if you didn't like it, shut the hell up. No, if I'm, you liked it, you can say you liked it, but don't say why. Well, here's, here's some quotes from the NewYorkPost.com, NYPost.com. The season is, in fact, the new season is, in fact, just sickening, and you'll love every minute of it as much as I do. That's quote number one. Wow, he's pretty demanding about what I like and don't like. Yeah, exactly. You'll love it if you're into gore. He, uh, the author, the writer also says, one outstandingly gory scene involving the pulling out of guts from a walker is so out of control crazy that it makes last season's infamous draping intestine scene look like it was staged for the Teletubbies. So it sounds like we've got something horribly sickening in the first episode. I find the Teletubbies sickening, personally. True, but in a, in a different way. <laughs> in I a different think. way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Less gory, but still sickening. <laughs> but still sickening. Um, that theme of the gore was kind of uh, repeated by a number of people, so yep. I think there's something in the first episode that is um, just horrific, horrific. They found the envelope, and they're pushing it? Probably. I guess so. Good for, for them. For the gore, anyways. Eonline.com said, it will blow your mind. Again, and that's, telling me how to feel. And that's all we can say. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there were also a couple of notes about Frank Darabont there. They said, we did a lot of work plotting this season with Frank. Glenn Mazzara said, I think we had such a smooth transition because it comes from a fully articulated world. There's no plan to deviate. There's no different vision of the show. So Eonline, I guess, did an interview with some of the producers and stuff like that uh, after the screening. And naturally, the topic of Frank Darabont came up. Right. Um, and that's uh, that's what they had to say. <clears throat> Gail Ann Hurd said, It wasn't like a palace revolt. Frank blessed Glenn as showrunner and made it clear to the cast and crew that he had his blessing. So, there you go. Well, you know, it's not really a palace revolt, but some kind of church revolt where you get the blessing of the previous guy. <laughs> yeah. You just need, mixing you, metaphors here. And it's just... You need that, I guess. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so AOL TV, Robert Kirkman interviewed, uh, was interviewed by them. And he said, I think season two is just jam packed. It's a much bigger season than the first season. There's a lot going on. I don't know that I'd necessarily agree with the criticism of the first season being too slow, but I will say that it's definitely a bigger season. Oh, so everything's slow. Big. <laughs> well, some people said the first season was slow because all they were doing was hanging out in the camp. What do you expect? Well, it's I don't understand that criticism either. Yeah. I was never bored. No, I didn't, think, I it didn't think it was slow. The whole thing was great, you know, so I don't really get that. Um, well, you know, people just want to tune in. They want uh, uh, Saw, right, where you get gore upon gore upon gore upon gore, and it's just, you know, nonstop. Forget the story. Screw the story. Screw the characters. I just want them beating up zombies. To them, it's slow. That's true. Right? It depends on what your expectations are for a zombie show. And if you're not familiar with The Walking Dead, that's not what you're going to get. Yeah. Now, you know, we're, we're going in expecting, you know, character-driven, uh, story-driven zombie apocalypse instead mm -hmm. of just, you know, weapon-driven, smashing-driven zombie apocalypse, which, you know, they're out there, but this is not it. No, this is not it. 
Uh, in the same interview, Glenn Mazzara said, it's episode four. You won't get a breather until episode four. So we're going to have three full-on episodes. That's four weeks that I will not be able to breathe. <laughs> That's a long time. It man. really is. I can't. I don't know if I can hold my breath for four weeks. That's yeah. I don't know what they're going to. They're going to have a lot of suffocated people. Yeah. Um, so I started thinking about this, and my feeling is that uh, we'll probably get to the farm in episode two or three. Yeah. And you know. So getting there is going to be hairy and crazy, and you'll have to hold your breath. When the first episode that they get to the farm, it'll probably be like, oh, my God, like there's zombies in the barn, and like the people at the farm will be like, who they are all these people? right away. Hmm? They don't get to the, to, to the barn thing right away. Uh, I bet there's you they'll get a little bit of, bit of a breather. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they get to that quick. But what I mean is they'll get there. It'll all be chaos for a little while, and that's why I'm thinking they'll get there maybe episode three. End of episode two, episode three will be chaos while everyone settles in. Episode four will be when everyone sits down around the dinner table and talks it out. Oh, okay. That's what I'm thinking. There you go. And that'll be your your breather episode. So episode four is your breather. Five and six before hiatus is when some farm stuff goes crazy. Farm stuff goes crazy. Gotcha. Like I guess zombies in the the barn. You're probably right. That'll happen after. Yeah. I would think that would happen after. Yeah, it, it, I guess that makes sense. It's kind of a, you know, a kind of a whoa thing. Right. And that's all the whole half an episode right there dealing with that. Yeah. Maybe more. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so there you go. That's, uh, it has screened. People have said it's super gory and it's really, really awesome. There awesome. are uh, people, everyone who saw it, from what I can tell, is really excited how good they thought the first episode was. So I'm I happy. haven't seen it and I'm excited. Yeah, that's right. I would love to see it, though. So, AMC, if you're sending out, you know, promos or press copies right here. Even if you need us to go someplace, like if you need to go to New York to screen it. That's right. If there's going to be a secret screening in New York during Comic-Con ahead of time, I'm right, I'm right there for you. Okay. That's good. Uh, a couple last things from Twitter. Other people who were there went on Twitter, and uh, Matt, and they had some things to say, like Matt Roche. Uh, he said, wasn't in mood for lunch anyway, but after getting peek at intense, graphic, excellent Walking Dead Season 2 opener, I really only have appetite for Episode 2. Oh, that's nice. Clever Twitter post there by Is that Mr. less than 140 characters? I guess so. That's amazing. Adam Bryant on Twitter said, Walking Dead Season 2 premiere won't let any any fans down. It may, however, make a few of them puke. Can't wait to see more. Well, I don't know if a fan would puke. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. I don't know. I mean, my wife's a fan. I don't think she'd throw up at a TV show, but... Yeah. If anybody pukes, let us know. Yeah, like, Seriously, call in and let us know that it made you sick. It made <laughs> you actually vomit something up. Yeah, cover yourself and, and puke. That would be disgusting. If you can take a picture, that'd be great, too. <laughs> Send it to Jason. He's into that. <laughs> Not really, but if you can take a picture while puking, like if you have the presence of mind to actually take your own photo while you're vomiting, I think that's pretty amazing. That is amazing. You know what? Just let us know that you took a picture and keep the pictures to yourself. (laughs) Jarrett Weisselman on Twitter said, Walking Dead Season 2 premiere is their best episode yet, and he finished it with the hashtag get excited. Get excited. Their best episode yet, Jason. That's that's saying something. I have gotten excited. (laughs) Good. Well, you listen to him. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all. This news is fantastic. It is. It I, is. It's very good. And the fact that they are screening it to the press, 
means that they're very confident that this is actually a good episode. They don't screen stuff they don't feel confident in. Do they do that in TV? I know they do that with movies, but I've never it's never occurred to me that they might hold back TV pre-screenings due to no confidence. Well, why wouldn't they? Yeah, I, I guess it makes sense. I saw this thing and it was a complete load of crap. Don't bother watching it. People, I guess, just... I, there's probably just not nearly as much sort of uh, buzz or, or or coverage of pre-screening TV episodes. Probably not. That's what I'm I I'm surprised saying. they pre-screened it, to tell you the truth. Well, this happened last year, too. And remember with season one, they sent out those really nice oh, they press were very packs nice. with the gun, yeah. the toy gun in it and stuff like that. So... Yeah. Do they show up on eBay? Ah, it's a good question. I don't know. We should look. We should look. I would love one of those. But hey, if there's a, the season two equivalent, again, would love one. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Season two premieres screened and people are excited. So in about a month's time, we will all get to see it and find out if we agree or disagree with the early buzz. Month from Thursday. <clears throat> is that what it is? It's on, well, on Friday, 16th. That's right. Month from Friday, everybody. It's a Sunday night. So, a new dispatch from the set comes from Glenn Mazzara, the man in charge himself. So, there was a lot of good information here, and he teased a couple of things. Asked about what surprises him about the material, he said, Our approach to our group of survivors when they reach Herschel's farm is that they are a plague unto themselves. Hmm. Nothing goes right for Herschel once Rick and his band show up. They make the zombie apocalypse look like kids in a candy store. What's interesting is that if this was a show solely about Herschel, Rick and his band would really be the antagonists. Oh. That's an interesting point. That is. Because Rick's obviously our, our main guy, yep. and, and they're our heroes. They're our, you know, main characters. But it's a, it's a, it's a small leap of perspective change yeah. to go from them being the heroes to the villains. That's a, yeah, it is. Because, you know, from Herschel's perspective, this is actually very interesting. Is that, you know, he's humming along in his little farm. He's got everything under control. He's got family in the barn. He's got, uh, you know, everything's everything's good. Then all of a sudden, these people show up and go, whoa, you're doing things wrong. And they cause havoc and they make everybody upset. And then all of a sudden, they have to leave. That's a very bad thing. And the thing about Rick, especially Rick, is that he's, he's a control freak. A bit. You know, he's got to always be the man in charge and do it his way. And, uh, you know, whatever it takes to survive, which we know, but like he doesn't sort of bend over for anybody or, or, or change his position at all. So it's, you know, more so than other characters and other shows, even he's a guy who can come in and you can really see other people's side of things if they don't agree with them, you know? Right. So it's, it's going to be interesting. You see that a lot in the comic. Uh, obviously there's, he's been dealing with this zombie apocalypse for a lot longer in the comic, but in the TV show, it sounds like they're going to get into some of the same same themes. Um, Glenn Mazar also said in the interview, in the graphic novel, the story that takes place on Herschel's farm is really only a few issues. We've been able to mine that for many episodes, and we're very excited about the depth to which we're able to push the characters. Oh, that's good. So lots of cool stuff is going to happen there. The more I, more I think about this, I, I think most, if not all, if season two is going to take place in and around this farm. I don't know. That uh, that hiatus break, I think, is probably going to be a uh, an exodus kind of thing. Do you think everyone will leave the farm? I, well, yeah, I think I think they will. I think they, everybody will bugger off by the uh, by the time they take that break. Hmm. But that's see if 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 we go with that theory, they don't get to the farm until maybe episode three. Yep. Maybe the end of two, 
episode four is our cooldown, then five and six all crap goes, and then they leave already? Yeah. That's what I think. Huh. I don't know. That doesn't seem like um that doesn't seem like long enough to mine that for many episodes. I don't know, because then they got the uh, you remember from last week last show we had that uh uh they were talking about the set where we thought it was Woodbury or that small uh community. That's true they too. They got to get there, right? That's true too. So I think that might be the second half of the season was uh taking place, you know, on the road and and in there and that kind of stuff. Wilshire Estates, That's I believe. That's Wilshire Estates. Woodbury's I made that mistake last week. Yeah, we had uh, we had a writer uh, a writer we had a listener write in and and uh, give us the correct name of that. So uh, thank you for that. But Wilshire Estates, yeah. and you're right, you're right. They do have to get there, assuming they're going there. And based on some filming locations we talked about last time, it seems like they might be. So I don't think they're going there before the farm. So no. you're right, probably after. But see, I would think that they're going to get to the farm. They're going to have a couple of episodes. Episode six, there's probably going to be some big cliffhanger type thing. And then when we come back from break, we're still going to be on the farm for one or two episodes. Think so? Because we still have, you know, eight through 13 or whatever we're going to be seeing. So eight, nine, 10 at the farm. They leave episode 10. Who knows what happens in the last three? Right. They get to Wilshire Estates, maybe. That's where they get to the aircraft carrier. <laughs> the aircraft carrier. Yeah, and they're safe on the aircraft carrier. And they sail out, can't swim. They sail out to sea. No, yeah. they can just walk down along the bottom of the ocean. So what? Yeah, Air, aircraft carriers on the top of the ocean. Good luck down there, yeah. boys. Doesn't matter how deep it is. You only use the first ten feet. That's it for an aircraft carrier. Oh well, me. I would only use the first ten feet. Aircraft carriers probably deeper than that. But still, in the middle of the ocean. There's a big difference. One thing I intend on doing when I'm in New York City is touring the aircraft carrier that's parked in the harbor. Ask them what the damn thing draws. I will ask about the depth. Yeah. That's exciting. That's good. There might be uh, markings on the side. You can see, uh, you know, when you see a ship, there's markings. Oh, yeah. They say 20 feet, 10 feet, whatever. So maybe you can just by walking up to it, you go, oh, it's 30 feet. Look at that. <laughs> How about that? It's not full though, right? Well, I think it's, no, it's not full of, of well, it's got a lot of people on it doing the tour. And it's got planes on the flight deck. Aircraft carriers hold like 16,000 people or something. There's a lot of people on there. Well, granted, but it's not like it's empty, I mean. Like, there's probably a couple thousand people doing the tour at any given moment. Yeah. So that may not be full cast and crew of an aircraft carrier, but still. Cast and crew is like a chorus line on there. That's right. They're all singing and dancing the whole time. <laughs> exactly. That's what happens on aircraft carriers, right? I, I assume so. But they also have the flight deck and the lower deck full of air, full of aircraft that you can go up right. and check out so there might even be more planes than usual i don't know i don't know either helicopters ask them, and ask them what does this thing draw and how deep does it go and what's the weight capacity and where are we at now we'll start making a list of questions for the aircraft carrier that's tool. it that's my whole list tour and i'll get on it and uh, of course you know do they sing and dance the whole time they're out at sea and when the zombies attack can i borrow it well i seriously doubt that there's an active nuclear reactor on this aircraft carrier uh, at this time are they all nuclear all the U.S. aircraft well, carriers? I don't know. I would assume so. All the ones active anyway. This one might have been diesel. Huh. Are all U.S. submarines nuclear? Uh, currently, I believe so. What, what do I know? I don't know. But I think so. Okay. Well, you, you know more military stuff than I do. I know so. that there are nuclear subs. I don't know if they're all nuclear subs. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, finally, Glenn Mazzara, to get back to things here. He's a propane sub for all I know. <laughs> I don't think He's so. A big pro- well, they're shaped like propane tanks, right? So why not? 
<laughs> so like 80% of the, of the submarine is just a big propane yeah, tank? Yeah, you look, you go to a big propane dealer and you see these big propane tanks. They're either really tall or they're shaped like submarines. Yes, that's true. There's got to be a coincidence. I don't think there's a connection there. I, it's not a coincidence. It can't be. <laughs> I guess not. It's a pressure hull full of propane. Can I uh, can I tell you what Glenn's last quote was? Yeah, from this please. Interview? Sorry, did I, did I go in a rat hole there? <laughs> no, that's fine. He finished the interview with, "We have a fantastic scene in our fourth episode. Remember, that's the one where we get a breather dinner scene. Yeah, fourth episode this season that I believe will make every fanboy happy. It will give them hope that if they can make it through the zombie apocalypse, they can get laid off a hot chick too. What does that mean? Get laid off a hot chick? Is that, well, is that part of the quote? Yeah." I don't know what that means. It means that Glenn is going to have sex with Maggie in well, episode four. Well, I'm I'm happy for Glenn. <laughs> there's really nothing else to it. Uh, you know, Rick and his wife probably have sex all the time, or at least any chance they get. Yeah. And Glenn is, you know, the cool guy, and he meets Maggie, which becomes the this love is of his life. There you go. Quote. Oh yeah. Laid off a hot chick. Oh, yeah. It's not even laid by a hot chick. No, off. It completely discounts the woman's role in it whatsoever. Yeah. I I don't know what this means, and the more I think about it, the more offended I get. (laughs) I wouldn't get too offended. I think laid off a hot chick. Hopefully, he didn't actually mean that. You know, she gave him sex because, you know, he's Glenn. Maybe because she feels bad for him. Maybe pity sex. That's, <laughs> that's right. That's fine too. I mean, I have nothing. There's nothing wrong with pity sex, but at least, you know, it has uh, an emotional response by the, the by the woman or the you know by the man, whoever. So you can, anybody can give pity sex, I suppose. Sure. But laid off a hot chick. I'm not sure. I like that quote. Well, it's an interesting way of phrasing it. I will admit that, and I thought the same thing when I first read it. But uh, to break it down, it means that Glenn and Maggie are going to do it. You think so? Oh yeah. Who else would it be? And why would he know. why would he be talking about making fanboys happy and surviving the zombie apocalypse? It's got to be that. I don't know, maybe Daryl's going to get uh, get laid. Yeah, maybe. I, uh, or and uh, sorry, Dale. <laughs> maybe Dale's going to get laid too, right? Could be. Could be, but Off I Off a I just, hot chick. Yeah, Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> Off, I don't know. We should tr- let's How about this? Introduce that phrasing into your vocabulary for the next couple of weeks and see what happens. Yeah, I'll give it a, I'll give it a, a test there. Give it a try. I'll try it on clients. <laughs> that's a good idea. I'll take it to client meetings with me and I'll say, that's like getting laid off a hot chick. Yeah, that's right. And see how that goes. See what happens. My manager's a woman. Maybe she'll like it. Yeah, exactly. Find <laughs> out. There's only one way to find out. I'll ask her tomorrow. All righty. Our next item in the news here is that apparently AMC has shot a pilot for... Um, something of a talk show. Okay, where they, uh, they they basically do a talk show to discuss their other programming, their original programming. Isn't that what we're doing? It's a little bit what we're doing, so that worries me somewhat. Okay, I either want to be on this show, <laughs> yes, or just reject it outright. According to sources, AMC commissioned Watch What Happened Live, which apparently is the Bravo version of this show, where Bravo does this live show after their shows to talk about it. Right, they. Commissioned the executive producer, uh, Michael Davies, to shoot a pilot for a similar series a few weeks ago. Nerdist blogger and former MTV personality Chris Hardwick, who you may know. I don't. Most recently seen hosting BBC America's Doctor Who specials, served as the host of the pilot, uh, and the discussion was focused on The Walking Dead. Now, Chris Hardwick, Hardwick hosted the San Diego Comic-Con panel, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. 
and he is a popular like blogger, writer, internet celebrity type guy. So he's a cool guy. He's a good guy to host this, I think. Right. Um, however, I think I would be a better person to host it, frankly, since we've been doing it for, you know, two years already. Yes, but this is video, right? It is video. and Nobody wants to look at us. I got a face for radio. Let's yeah, put it that way. Me too. Uh, if you're in New York, you'll find out. Yeah, so, New York, all of New York's going to see you and recognize you, right? They are. That's right. Find me. If you're in New York, you'll, you'll, you'll find out because, uh, you know, you're bound to run into Chris. It's New York. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, NewYorkMag.com said, pairing a drama series with a relatively cheap-to-produce talk show could give AMC a chance to hold on to audience members unlikely to stick around for another showing of Die Hard. <laughs> Burn. Essentially making... What's wrong with Die Hard? <laughs> I like Die Hard. Essentially making a show like The Walking Dead more of an event rather than a simple one-hour broadcast. Okay. Have you ever heard of the show The Hills? Uh, it's, it's on MTV Canada. Well, I, I think I've heard of it. Never seen it. Right. It's kind of like a reality type show where they take these bunch of people... Well, they, they took these bunch of people in uh, Los Angeles and they followed their lives. This okay. was like Spencer and Heidi. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Spencer and Heidi are? No. Okay. I watch this show a little bit every once in a while, but it's immediately following that show, they have the after show where they have this these two people and a roundtable panel discussion where they talk about the actual episode. And they have the actors come on every once in a while. It's like, oh my God, Heidi, are you going to marry Spencer? And this kind of thing, right? So Lame. Yes. You know, first of all, The Hills is a lame show. Second of all, The After Show is a lame show about the lame show, so that makes it a lamer show, in my opinion. So this kind of thing is uh, kind of self-promoting, self-aggrandizing kind of uh, talk show. Uh, it makes me nervous. And not unheard of is what you're saying. It's not unheard of. It's actually, I'm sure it'll be very popular. People will want to go on and people listen to podcasts about shows all the time. Mm-hmm. They seek this, this stuff out because they like to get involved. They like to hear opinions. They like to have uh, a discussion. It's very popular. And so jumping on this uh, this idea, I'm sure this kind of show would be very popular. But it's going to have an agenda, right? I don't know. Like having this kind of thing, we are completely independent of the show. We have no contact with any of the producers, makers, financial people whatsoever. We can say whatever we want. We like it, we don't like it, whatever. This kind of show is not going to have that level of freedom. And unless they have a very strict ethical guidelines, uh, I'm going to have a problem believing anything these people say. Well, you're right. Presumably, they're just going to be there to pump it up and, and you know praise the thing the whole time. Right. As I've heard some people say, give it a tongue bath. Uh, yeah, but that's like kind of that that's kind of <laughs> what they're going to be doing. But um, a couple of uh, I saw I read an article about how this could be um, how they would have to do this. Uh, the article I think had four or five points about what they'd have to do to make this successful or make it worth watching, and two of them were to be um, to have a lot more than just fluff. So you can't just sort of report what happened and be like, oh, my God, did you see that zombie, you know, eat that guy? And what if they ran out of ammo just then? And, like, stupid stuff like that. Right. And the other thing is be live and take live fan questions. Right. That, see, if they take fan questions like that, obviously they're screened before they're on air. But it could bring an element, at least a small element, of authenticity to it because it's fans asking their own questions. The only way I could give this show any real credibility is if they had us on it. <laughs> Invite us into the panel. Uh-huh. We go there. We talk about the show. Sure. At that point, I would say, you know, 
I would not go on the show with like get, being given an agenda. No. I would only go on the show if I was able to say, speak my mind and say whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be fun to be invited on. So Absolutely. on the other hand, you know, I'd like to be on this show. I'm not sure I'd like to watch this show, but I'd like to be on this show. Yeah. Bottom line is I will, of course, watch it if it if it's on because, you know, I'll need to see what's going on, what they're talking about kind of thing. Uh, but you're right. I would totally be a part of it. I'd go on. And I'm not saying that's going to happen or it will. Well, because I'm thinking, you know, if I'm if the format, this format sounds like the after show for The Hills. And they have this after show for pretty much any show on. Uh, that's why it's not, you know, The Hills after show. It's just called The After Show where these two uh, host, this host and hostess, they come on and they talk about whatever show just finished. I think that's right. the idea here, too. It would be about the different AMC shows, but the pilot they shot had to do mostly with The Walking Dead. Right. And the way they're formatted is they have these two hosts and then they have a panel of people. Like they have four other people and they just, it's just a roundtable discussion. They just talk about the show, the good things, the bad things. Or they just, you know, talk. It's all, you know, gossip because it's real people's lives that they're, that they're dealing with. Right. So, you know, if they have this format where they invite people like us on the show and we sit down and just talk about it, I think that would be, uh, that could be interesting if they can have that arm's length uh, freedom to talk about whatever they want. That's key. Arm's length. Yeah. Um, what about the concept that having an official discussion right after the show is on, does it take you out of the story too much? Does it provide too much analysis? I mean, that's exactly what we do here, obviously. Yes. And that's exactly what other podcasts do. Well, if you're our, if you don't want to uh, suspend your disbelief, I'm not sure if I'm on the right side of that phrase. Uh, if you st- want to stay believing it as, you know, characters uh, and, and engage. story engaged and you want to just, you know, live with these characters, you don't <laughs> seek out discussion. You just kind of like there's a lot of shows I watch that I don't want to listen to a podcast. I just mm-hmm. want to enjoy the show, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to just think, oh, my God, he's, you know, he's in danger now. And oh, my, oh, my goodness, Castle's worried about Beckett and what's going to happen next. <laughs> right. Like I don't engage in any kind of, you know, Castle podcasting. No. Uh, but uh, people that do like to listen to podcasts, you know, they listen to the podcast, they go, they join the discussion, they're going to watch this show. They're not too worried about being taken out of it, I guess. Yeah. I'm sure some people just, you know, out of sheer flipping laziness will just watch the show. Oh, it's over now. Oh, it's still on? <laughs> it's still going. Oh, no, they're just talking about it. wonder what they have to say. Yeah. They'll just stick around. Yeah, I suppose so. I don't know. I, if if anyone out there has seen, I know you you were talking about the, the what is it MTV? Yeah, MTV. So the Canada. MTV After Show, MTV Canada. If anyone has seen what happened live on Bravo, I would be interesting and in, interested in some kind of information on that. And if anyone has an opinion about how that works, do, are they able to stay at arm's length? Are they able to stay objective? Can they talk about the good and the bad? You know, everything like that. And uh, you know, let let us know. And if you have an opinion about what you think this might do to The Walking Dead or to any other of the AMC programs, um, write or call in and let us know. Because I think this is a, an interesting topic for further discussion. It is. And I think that uh, if they do produce this show, I think it'll be very popular. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, a lot of people are watching The Walking Dead and a lot of people are excited about it. So yeah. the more content they can give them, the better, I think. Maybe we should start a new podcast called uh, Holy Crap, Did You See That? <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> just about general TV stuff. Like, we'll just podcast right after watching a tv show of some kind we could do that every week we could do a segment here holy crap what do you think of this yeah holy crap did you see that yeah (laughs) that's not bad all right (laughs) trademark patented 
Well, trademarked. Copyright? <laughs> trademarked. Holy crap, did you see that? Yeah. Um, okay, so we'll, I'm sure if that makes it air and uh, they continue more than a pilot, we'll have lots to talk about. Maybe we'll that. start a podcast about that show. I was thinking, you know, we could do a recap of The Walking Dead, talk about that, and then a recap of the recap, which is talking. Yeah, about we're the- a we're a meta <laughs> meta podcast anyway, so we might as well meta meta the meta podcast. What? One more step removed. What? Yeah, that's right. We'll discuss the discussion. Discuss. There you go. See. <laughs> Okay, The Walking Dead in the next item here gets six Scream Award nominations. Very exciting. Mm. They are hosted, the Scream Awards, by Spike TV. The Walking Dead was nominated for Best TV Show. Ooh. Best Horror Actor for Andrew Lincoln. Right. Best Horror Actress for Sarah Wayne Callies. Nice. Best Supporting Actress, Lori Holden. Okay. Uh, Breakout Performance, John Bernthal. Nice. And the comic, not the TV show, but the comic was nominated for Best Comic or Graphic Novel. And Charlie Adler for Best Comic Book Artist. Nice. So lots of good stuff there. Best Horror Actor. Who else do you think is on that list? Did they name yeah, other people? They did. I, I didn't look up uh, I didn't look up the competition in this case. We get Supernatural, might be horror. We have uh, Sanctuary, possibly. What about the Dexter guy? Is that horror? Uh, that's more of uh, crime drama. Crime procedural? He's not really of? horror because he's, uh, you know, he, he's likable. <laughs> He's a likable serial killer. Right. That's that that's why that show works, right? Yeah. You yeah, you don't want Dexter to fail at killing his victims. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whereas normally you generally would want a serial killer to not kill his victims, but Dexter is the exception. Got it. All right. He only kills bad guys. Um okay. I don't know who the other uh uh yes, I do know. Look, I looked it up. Hey, best <laughs> horror actor, Michael C. Hall, Dexter. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Andrew Lincoln, The Walking Dead. Oh, here we go. Stephen Moyer, True Blood. Oh, well, yeah, that's a horror. That's Bill. Uh, um, He's going to lose. Alexander Skarsgård, True Blood. He'll win. <laughs> I kind of hope so. Well, yeah, I mean, Andrew Lincoln's nice, but uh, Skarsgård takes his shirt off. How can, you, how can you compete with that? The ladies like that, too. They really do. Patrick Wilson, Insidious. You see his butt, too, that- I think. Oh, a lot this season, too. So, yeah, he's totally going to win, just for butt acting. And (laughs) He's the butt acting winner. Uh, Patrick Wilson, also for Insidious. That's a movie, though. I don't know if this is only TV shows, uh, but I don't think so. Oh, well, that opens up a whole ball game. It does, because Best Horror Actress, Sarah Wayne Callie's The Walking Dead, Nev Campbell, Scream 4, movie I just watched, just watched, Anna Paquin, True Blood, Chloe Grace Moretz, Let Me In, um, and Rose Byrne and Insidious again. So we watched True Blood this week. Uh, good. I'm no because we did for the actor spotlight. Oh, that's We're right. Talk yeah, about yeah, that yeah. later. We'll, we have True Blood on. We'll, there. we'll get there. Um, so so there you go. The uh, Scream Awards are determined by fan voting. So if you want to make your vote heard and have your influence counted, head over to Spike.com and get voting. Scream was uh, nominated for a Scream Award. Yeah. A little, uh, except the A in the movie title is a four. So, yeah, they've got to win because it's the same name. Yeah, you'd think <laughs> that's like uh, Sarsgaard losing a Sarsgaard award. That's not possible. No, he'd win the total Sarsgaard. There's, there's what's his name, Peter? Who's his dad? Uh, no, uh, Sarsgaard is different than Skarsgaard. Oh, um, thought it was his dad. No, Peter Sarsgaard is is one actor. Yeah, the guy in True Blood. Is Alexander Skarsgård, not Sarsgård. Right. And 
Alexander Skarsgård's father is Stellan Skarsgård, who is another actor. Sweet. Who you'd know from something, but I can't think of anything right now. I'm sure he'd win the Skarsgård Award. Peter Sarsgård, unrelated. Oh, well, that blows that out of the water. Very confusing. Okay, so the uh, the Scream Awards are handed out on October 19th at 9 p.m. on Spike TV. I thought uh, Katie Seagal was married to Steven Seagal at one point, too, so. No, that's not true either. <laughs> yeah, I figured that out. <laughs> Just because they have the same name. Yeah, and I always thought it was weird that Tom Cruise and Penelope Cruz got together. Spelled different, but still the same last name. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Hollywood's that, strange. That didn't last too long. No, of course not. It's... Uh, Anyway, all right. <laughs> quick, quick last two items in the news here. Their Dragon Con did their uh, their big convention a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there was a Walking Dead panel, and nothing happened. Sweet. Uh, yeah, John Bernthal was there. Lori Holden, Stephen Yeun, Chandler Riggs, Madison Lintz, who uh, uh, plays Sophia, and Addie Miller, who played the little girl zombie in the very beginning of the first Ooh. episode. Um, so there was no spoilers and really no new information about the show. The interesting thing was the crowd was told exactly eight times not to ask any questions about the firing of Frank Darabont, um, which is fun. Yeah. <laughs> fun for the crowd, I'm sure. Uh, although the cast did talk about working with Frank, they didn't mention his dismissal at all. Huh. So AMC is keeping a short leash on these people right they now. sure are you know they don't want any bad press to come out of this wonder what would happen if somebody any got more up there bad and press. asked a question uh they'd be sniped they had a sniper behind the stage taking people out well that seems a little excessive but it does i'm just wondering if they would be escorted from the panel probably well i mean the, the question wouldn't be answered and they'd be kicked out that's exactly what would happen you it know seems kind of mean um the cast also didn't talk about what it's been like working for mazara so hmm. didn't really have anything to say about him either. So it was pretty clear that I think everyone was briefed on what was appropriate to talk about. It's like those movie junkets. Do you know where uh, interviewers actually, uh, they interview the cast and directors and stuff of movies, and there's always posters of the movie in the background? Mm -hmm. You know how those work? Those are junkets. Mm -hmm. uh, so what happens is the actors stay in a booth, and the interviewers rotate. Yes. Right? So the interviewers come in, yep. and the studio runs the cameras, right? Right. They have all the cameras in there. They film all the stuff. So you just go in, ask questions. At the end, if they like you, they give you a copy of the tape. If you ask stupid questions, if you ask questions that are out of line, if you uh, don't do something that they don't like, you don't get the tape. Yep. See you later. It doesn't air. Yeah. That seems kind of... little Well, control freaky, but that's the, control freaky. It's the way these people are. Those you know? junkets. I don't like those junkets. There's, there's Yeah, there's really... There's no value to them in that respect. Right. They're all just fluff. It's all just fluff. Ask exactly. happy questions, uh, be nice, and uh, promote the movie. Yeah. Or you don't get anything. Well, so... If you get press credentials, maybe you get to go and do some of those interviews uh, at the Comic-Con. Yeah. That'd be cool. I don't know, man. <laughs> ask nice questions. Don't I'm, ask about uh, Frank Darabont. Uh, you know, I... Even if you use the letter F, <laughs> I'm going to talk. ask you if you're done. That's it. You're done. You see so what was it like working under FD? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. Okay, finally in the news this week, um, Spoiler TV has reported two new characters introduced in Season 2, Episode 9. Spoiler alert. Yeah, now these aren't the two new characters we talked about on the last podcast that I got from the IMDb, Jimmy and Hustla. Right. Hustla. <laughs> Hustla. Uh, so according to Spoiler TV, the ninth episode of The Walking Dead Season 2 
will introduce two new characters, Dave and Tony. Oh, good. Dave is described as a charming and friendly guy, the type who you would love to have a beer with. Unfortunately, not every side of him is as nice as he can turn quickly dangerous. <laughs> the left side's bad, man. Don't, don't let him turn left. Don't, or don't be on his left if side. If he quickly turns left, you're screwed. Meanwhile, Tony is his younger friend and described as a quick-tempered and less intelligent. Uh, Tony likes three things. Women, food, and guns. Oh, nice. So what do we got here? We got, uh, what's the name of that movie? Of Mice and Men? Uh, okay. Book? There is a movie, yes. What does that have to do with anything? Nothing. Just uh, you know, your your fun-loving guy, the your regular guy, and then the, uh, uh, you know, the very very strong, quick-tempered, yep, less intelligent guy, who gets killed <laughs> by the smart guy. But there you go. See, <laughs> I I imagine these two guys are in there to get killed off. Yeah, you know, they might as well be wearing red shirts. That's exactly it. So two new two new characters that are not from the comic. We'll see what they do with them. And there you go. That wraps up the news for this week. News is getting bigger and more... Um, badder. Bigger, bigger and, and more badder is what you're looking for. <laughs> Not really. I was <laughs> looking for abundant, I think. Oh, okay. But it's getting more abundant every week, bigger and badder. So uh, next podcast, there should be even more. And then the podcast after that will be our show right before the premiere. That would be the most badder. Right before I go to New York City. It's going to be really exciting. That'd be good. The week after that, we're going to go weekly again. Yeah, of course. Of course. I think so. Well, we got it. The show's on TV at that point. No time not to go weekly. No, if we're going to go weekly, it should be then. So we're going to take a short break, everybody. When we come back, it will be our Walking Dead actor spotlight on Andrew Rothenberg. Stay with us. For you, the listeners of the Talking Dead podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Jason, what's your recommendation for the fine people this week? I'm going to recommend Demon by Daniel Suarez. Demon. Demon. Is that D-A-E-M-O-N? It is. Oh, exciting. Exciting. There's thousands of demons running every day. The little computer programs that run in the background. Uh Uh-huh. So this guy sets up this program to uh, initialize when he dies... And it basically takes over and uh, starts doing some weird and wonderful stuff, killing people and all kinds of nasty things, and it kind of takes over. Why would he do that? Like, why would he do that after he dies? Just for fun. Well, I guess that is fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Screw with people's lives after you're dead. Yeah. So it's good. There's a, there's a, a sequel to it called uh, Freedom TM. Cool. What's the running time on that book? Oh, I just moved away from it, and I usually write that down. I don't know. All right, that's take, okay. Take that. It's a great uh, it's a great option. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash talking dead. That's audibletrial.com slash talking dead for your free audiobook. You could get Demon by Daniel Suarez.
Hey, and we're back, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. Now it is time for our Walking Dead actor spotlight on supporting character, Jim, who Jim. was played by Andrew Rothenberg. Sorry. Something dinged. Yeah, my thing dinged. That's all right. So we watched four episodes of TV that Mr. Rothenberg has been in over the years. Let's start with Castle, Castle. season two, episode 17. It's called Tick, Tick, Tick. The summary for this episode is, in a two-part storyline, federal agent Jordan Shaw, an insightful and accomplished federal investigator, teams up with Castle and Beckett to hunt down a cunning and elusive serial killer. All right. So Andrew Rothenberg plays a character in this in this episode who they originally investigate or for the crime. That's right. <laughs> he's he's not uh, spoiler he's not the killer. He is not guilty. He is not the one. He is uh he's a uh what do you call that? A patsy? He's uh, set up by the killer or an agreement not... is made between the killer for him to do something to throw the cops off the right That's trail. Right. He pays him. Like, so he's not really a patsy. A patsy is set up unknowingly or unwillingly. Oh, okay. He was paid to, he knew what was happening. They cut off his finger, right? Yeah. And they used the finger for a fingerprint and he knew that uh, uh, Detective Nikki Heat was coming to ask him questions. Nikki Heat. Now this was a good, uh, I kind of like this episode. It, it, it was an important episode in the castle mythos. Because right. it was directly about the books that uh, Castle is writing. Right. Uh, the character, Nikki Heat, based on Detective Beckett. Right. <laughs> if no one's seen the show, they're like, what the hell is this? What is going on? <laughs> what the hell? We're yeah. both fans of the show, and so, so are our wives, so we're familiar with Beckett and Nikki Heat. Exactly. And and- I, I like this episode. I thought it was pretty good. And it had the exciting part at the end of where uh, Detective Beckett's house blows up. Well, you forgot the part where Detective Beckett was in the shower. Also in there, yeah, she gets out of the shower, house explodes, the end. That's right. And it's got a Canadian, that uh, the other detective that's in there, federal agent Jordan Shaw, played by, uh, what's her name? I didn't write it down. Yeah, she's Canadian, though. <laughs> well, so is um, Nathan Fillion. And and uh, what's her name? Oh, St- oh, Detective Beckett is, too. They're all Canadian. She's from Hamilton or something like that's that. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Stana Katic. That's right. So that's very exciting for us. I don't know why. Um, we always recognize Canadians in television and movies. Well, you Canadian, know. Cana- well, my wife does. We're uh, she yells Canadian out in movies. That's Canadian. That's weird. <laughs> um, we're we're notoriously inferior. Not notoriously. Oh, I wouldn't we're, say that. Eh, that's why we have to point out the fact that there's Canadians in everything. We're proud of our Canadian citizenship <laughs> and other Canadians as they make uh, inroads into the Canadian or the American pop culture. Yes, that's exactly what it is. So Andrew Rothenberg, he plays a guy, he he basically walks up in an alley, he sees the police and runs away. Yeah. And then they catch him. They tase him. Yeah, that's right. Castle uh, tases Castle tases him. him, that's right. He gets tased. They question him, realize he's not the guy because he says this is exactly what happened, and that's it. That's his whole part. Good times. He did He did well. Kinda, he did a good job. Kind of looked a little bit like Jim on The Walking Dead in this one. You think so? A, a little bit. Well, did, I mean, it's the same actor. He's going to look the same. Yeah. Have you noticed how big his ears are? No. You go back and watch one of these. He's got some big ears. Okay. Um. So so that that was good. Small part, but you know he was he was he was the right mix of goofy and um goofy. <laughs> I don't know. He was a little bit goofy. He was the right mix of goofy and a different kind of goofy. And I I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> you know he he was just kind of there, not taking it too seriously. Goofy like that and was shaggy. His, his character. They're yeah. Both maybe. cartoon dogs. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And they, he's got big ears like some dogs. There you go. 
Uh, all right. Um, let's do which one do you want to do next? Well, I'll do True Blood. All right. Why don't you read the summary on this one? Burning House of Love. After spending the night with Bill, Sookie is convinced that she has found the man of her dreams in the person who took her virginity. Now, this I, is... I forgot that Bill took her virginity. Me too. Completely forgot. This was a huge episode of True Blood. It was pretty big. I didn't really remember it, um... Too much. I mean, I, I before watching it, I didn't remember it. When I was watching it, there were scenes I remembered, sp- especially Andrew Rothenberg's scene. Yep. He is awesome in this. Don't you think? I think so. I think he was great. He plays one of Bill's former vampire friends yeah. from before he kind of um, changes his ways, sort yep. of. And, and uh, so he comes in, Andrew Rothenberg... With the other two, with the other two vampires, he walks into Merlot's, which is the bar, and just owns the place. Yep. Says, "Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm. Here's why I'm here. We bought a place locally. We're locals now, and uh, you guys are all in trouble." Right. And he was awesome. He was awesome. This was. Uh, I really liked this episode. I forgot uh, that this all happened in one episode. Like, well, there was a lot going on. Here. That's the thing. Sookie uh, slept with Bill for the first time. That's right. With anybody for the first time. Um, we had Andrew being awesome. We had Jason taking the V. Yep. Which was cool. And we had, uh, uh, what's her name show up? The woman who gives him V at the end. She's in the next bunch of episodes. That's true. Yeah. That's a great storyline. I really like that storyline with her and, uh, and Jason and, uh, the guy from news radio. I don't, I don't remember exactly I, where it goes. He was in office space too. He was, uh, he was a vampire. And he's like, we took my stapler. My stapler is missing. Oh yeah, they that's put me right. In the corner and they took my stapler. I remember that guy him. plays a vampire, and they have that whole interaction, and they end up killing him. It's just great. Yeah, the whole storyline is excellent. Yeah, you're right. That's cool. That 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 was the start of some good things on that show. I really like the actor who plays Jason Stackhouse. Just I wanted to put that out there. He's in a new movie coming out. He's Australian. Ryan Quanton. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think he does a great job. He does do a good job. Um, but the scene with, with Rothenberg in, in Merlots was just stellar. I just loved the way he came in there and with totally dominated everybody. And then, uh, they sort of grab Bill and, and walk out. Yep. And then they leave. And then they leave and, uh. Then they burn him down. Yeah. Then the local rednecks go and decide to burn down their house. Yep. And they, they kill them. Yep. And that's the end of that. So that is the end of that. That's too bad. That was his last appearance on the show. He had two episodes before that as well. So, right. Um, but uh, did did a really nice job there too. And True Blood is such a great show. Yes, it is. Um, so let's do let's do Weeds next. We watched season four, episode number one, sure. called "Mother Thinks the Birds Are After Her." Summary here is change is the name of the game for everyone in the fourth season opener. Uh, as the Botwin family, homeless since their beloved town of Majestic has burned down, hits the road in search of a new place to call home and, of course, grow weed. Yeah. Have you watched all of the weeds? I've seen, well, not the, all of the current season, but... Uh, but everything up to that. Up to up to end of epi- or season six. So, this episode was uh, was okay. For me, this is the only episode of Weeds I've ever watched. Well, it's kind of disjointed because yes. there's, you know, it's the it's the end of a whole era of the show, and it's the opening kind of sequence into a new era of the show. The first, this is uh, the first three seasons are them in the town of Majestic, mm-hmm. right? And the whole thing is that uh, Nancy Botwin is a typical housewife in this suburban town, and she's 
you know, in order to supplement her income after her husband dies, she starts selling weed. Mm-hmm. And she gets involved with a bunch of people and she gets involved with uh, all this kind of stuff and she's selling weed and she's, you know, sort of popular. But then that whole changes when the whole town basically burns down and she, you know, actually douses her house in gasoline in order to make sure that her house burns down because it was a wildfire that was burning through this whole uh her whole suburb. And yeah. so this is the gateway into the the next section. The next episodes are, the next seasons up from four till seven are all with the Botwin family in different locations. They're on the run. They're moving from place to place. They don't stay anywhere very long, that kind of thing. So this is a very pivotal, pivotal uh, episode. And not knowing any of that was my problem. Yes. Right? I got none of the history. I mean, I guess it's an okay place to pick up the show if you were going to start in the middle and watch from there. Right kind of which i don't not something i really do but um yeah i didn't know what the fire was all about you don't know what the characters are because they jump from uh you know being in this uh this small house with uh, nancy botwin and her family and mm-hmm. her uh husbands and the other guy is her uh her brother-in-law and their father and his mother kind of thing so this is all this and then they jump to a uh a shelter where people are, you know, holding down after the fire in Majestic, and it's got Kevin Nealon. Yep. And you don't know what the hell is going on over there either, right? Like no. Kevin Nealon was at uh, was on the city council, that kind of thing, but he was also laundering the money from uh, the drug trade. And it ended with uh, with her meeting some some Mexican guys to make a cross border deal or something like yeah, that. Yeah, she knew him from before. She, right. Uh, she had met him in. Uh, in Majestic before. She had dealings with them, but he becomes more prominent in the fourth and fifth seasons. Got it. Okay. So it's a pretty good show, I hear. People who... It's popular. People like it. You yeah, like it. I like it. And I... I, I Maybe I'll watch it someday. I don't know. I mean... It's I, a quick half hour of fun where... The, well, yeah, exactly. It's not too serious, right? No, it's a comedy. All right. The show's a comedy. Well, what it's did got you... Albert Brooks in it for crying out loud. It has to be a comedy. He was good. I liked he him. He was great. He's in like four or five episodes. He's fantastic. Yeah, he was. he was really fun. What did you think of Andrew Rothenberg's part? You know, if you it was, can, it would, yeah, if you can recall, if you it, can it was remember, very, it. very small. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he pulled it off. Yeah, I guess so. One scene, couple of lines. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he played a detective, right? Uh, a federal agent. Oh, federal agent. Is yeah. he on their trail, like for multi-episode spans? He, no, not that I recognize. The, the FBI is or the. Uh, fire or tobacco and firearms or whoever the hell they are, uh, they're after her for a little while, but they uh, they give up after a while. Hmm. She's, she's, she's actually good, eh? in previous seasons. She actually uh, meets somebody who turns out to be a DEA agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it's DEA. I just remembered. She ends up marrying him. Oh, good. So she married the DEA agent, and then he gets killed. Right. So and the guy that's after her was his partner. Right. So it's a it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Andrew Rothenberg is the partner. No, the uh, <laughs> the main detective dude that was in, uh, that was interviewing everybody. Right. Okay. It's very confusing. Yeah. When you haven't seen it, yeah. but uh, hey, Andrew Rothenberg pulled off his one lines. He was pretty good. Kevin Nealon is great in this show. You should watch this show, even just for Kevin Nealon. Okay. Well, he's he's an entertaining. And Celia guy. Hodes, she's great too. I forget the actress's name, but uh, the woman that they blame everything on. Oh yeah, yeah, the blonde. Yeah. Okay. She's great too. Okay. It's a good show. Well, there you go. Finally, we watched Monk. We sure did. We watched the hell out of that that show. <laughs> so Mr. Monk and the really, really dead guy. Yep. 
A street musician is murdered six different ways, and their killer is threatening to strike again. But Monk and his colleagues are forced into the sidelines by an obnoxious FBI agent. So, Monk, have you seen this show before? I have watched the first half of the pilot <laughs> and then couldn't continue. Why was that? Because the show is silly and it's just dumb. Yeah, that, that was my feeling too, to be honest with you. This show is very popular. It wins awards, a lot of them, which I know doesn't really mean anything. Um, unless it's a show that you really like winning awards, then it means lots. Yes. Um, however, I didn't like this show either. And I got the feeling that this particular episode may have been a little bit more over the top than your average one. I'm not sure. Well, I, I got that feeling because of the FBI agent um, storyline there. They're not all there all the time. Normally, it's just Monk and his local police department solving crimes, I imagine. Right. And all of Monk's eccentricities, should right. we say, right? <clears throat> but the the long scenes we got with him on the computer, on the computer oh, I'm God. like, come on, what, what is this, like? You know, 1998. He's you know? learning how to use a computer, and he's clicking a mouse button for the first time. Yeah, like that's just that's not funny anymore. I mean, this is season five, so it was a few years ago, I guess. But it's not funny or interesting. That's the problem. And uh, his, I'm not sure that this was, uh, you know, more over top than over the top than other ones because they were doing uh, the FBI or whoever they were uh, going into. They they were they thought they tracked down the killer mm -hmm. and they were going in hot and heavy so they had like a SWAT team and they were moving in mm -hmm. and just the silly music that was going on in the background it was like music that was in Sim City you ever listen to the do 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 whatever in Sim City uh, it's the same Sim City music playing in the background it's not ominous it's not uh, it, it was just completely inappropriate music. It was just kind of lighthearted, silly music, and they were going into this SWAT team thing. That's kind of what I mean, though. Like, because the FBI was there, it was even more ridiculous than normal. I think regularly it's supposed to just be kind of a lighthearted, you know, cop show that centers around this eccentric cop who's a germaphobe and, you know, he just happens to be smart or whatever at solving, putting logic together and solving crimes, right? Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, if that's what the show is, that's great. When you put the FBI, you try to mix serious police into that. That wasn't serious police. That no, was I know. way over-the-top, obnoxious FBI agent that never would have gotten anywhere, could not lead a team to save his life. He would have been shot and killed by his own men as a rookie. No, I agree. I totally agree. It wasn't serious police, but... I mean, the FBI are supposed to be serious. So when you put them in that, when you include them in that kind of ridiculous over-the-top way with that stupid, like, vehicle and the dumb little handheld thing that could do yeah. anything. It printed out a driver's license. I mean, it, it was just... great. I wish I had one of those. <laughs> Why? So you can make fake IDs no, for yourself? No, it was just a copy of the driver's license, but the fact that it printed it out... Make, make yourself younger? Why would you need a handheld device to print anything? It, it's, <laughs> it's kind of what I'm saying, though. Like, it's... Yeah. It's, it seems even more ridiculous because of that element was in there. If that wasn't there, we'd just have Monk being ridiculous all by himself. And I don't know what they do normally, but... Okay, before we talk about Andrew Rothenberg, the only redeeming f factor in this whole TV show <laughs> was the guy who played uh, Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs was one of the uh, the police officers. I, just, I don't remember Silence of the Lambs well enough. Oh, he was the uh, Buffalo... You never, you don't remember Silence of the Lambs? He was the guy that was making the suit out of women's skin. Mm -hmm. He's like, she puts the lotion on her skin or she gets the hose again. That guy. 
<laughs> he was one of the uh, the lead detectives. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. And that was it, because you don't see him in much, right? So I was like, oh, there he is. That's nice to hear his voice. Doesn't <laughs> That's look right. like him anymore, but good to see that guy. Yeah. Uh, well, Andrew Rothenberg as a as a uh, morgue doctor did okay. Yeah, I thought he did great. You know, he 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 delivered his lines with the appropriate amount of seriousness. Yes, you know what I mean. Oh yeah, it's a very stoic kind of thing. It's like okay, I investigated this and I found this. Yeah, and and that's typical for that character. You see that character in every police show, right? Yes. There's always the morgue doctor who's doing the autopsy or g- gathering evidence from the body. Yeah. And, you know, he was, he was, he was an unusual choice in my opinion for that role. Why? I don't know what it is. I I never pictured him in a role like that. He's more of a guy like Jim on The Walking Dead or, um, you know, the, the little bit more like the, the true blood role, you know, really eccentric kind of guy as the straight laced doctor who just gets there and he's like, yep, found, uh, fingerprints here and, uh, he pulled it off. I thought he did a great job. I thought he did too. It's just one of those roles that I wouldn't expect to see him in and but maybe he's that kind of actor you know he's he does he's a he's a solid working actor he does a lot of different kinds of roles not all of them really really uh sort of in your face right you know he does what's required he does what that's what a good quality working actor does i mean he does he does the role that is true and it's nice because he had uh, a couple more scenes in this than he did in in the episode of weeds so you yeah, had to see him a few times. Yeah, he wasn't just in the one scene and then move on. It was he was in the scene and then you had to keep continue watching this show, and then he was in it again. All right, <laughs> I almost gave up. I was like, oh, I should just at least finish watching. It's it. only a half an hour. It was an hour. It was an hour. Monk. Oh, you're right. It oh was. Oh my an god, hour. did it go by so fast that it you was didn't? An hour. <laughs> it was so enjoyable. No, you're right. It was an hour. Uh, so yeah, there you go. That's Andrew Rothenberg from Castle, True Blood, Weeds, and Monk. If you have any comments or questions or agree or disagree with anything we've said here about uh, his past work, please send us an email at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com or give us a call at 1-866-483-9662 and make your voice heard. Uh, So Jason, we've got two more podcasts before The Walking Dead is back on the air. Mm. We are going to do two short actor spotlights. In, yeah. those, in those two weeks. Well, we're expecting more news to come in, right? That's and the thing. News segment is getting longer and longer here, and the podcasts, because of that, are getting longer and longer. Right. So we don't want to monopolize too much of your time. Uh, next week, we're going to watch one movie starring Noah Emmerich. That'd be good. Who starred as uh, Edwin Jenner, the doctor at the CDC. We're going to watch Miracle. I like that movie. Yeah, this the uh, the story of the... U.S. Olympic hockey team that took gold in the 70s. 72? 72 could have been. I will, we'll watch the movie and we'll find 76. out. 76. Okay. We'll get back to you on that. All right. And might as well announce right now that the following podcast, we're going to spotlight Michael Rooker by watching Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, one of his earliest and best-known roles. And it's going to be good. I haven't seen that. No, a movie neither of us have seen, which will be good, so we should be able to finish our our actor spotlight um, run on a high note. That'd be good. So there you go. After that, I'll be in New York City. We'll do short podcasts every day that weekend, if we can. Hopefully we can. I'm sure we can. And then uh, and then after the premiere on the 16th, we'll start our regular weekly show, um, recapping that and talking about the episode. Mm, good times. On Monday the 17th. The only problem with that is I'm coming back late on Monday, so we're going to have to figure out what to do. 
Yeah. I could maybe move the flight up a bit, but that's neither here nor there. We'll sort that out. And Any podcast on the plane? Do something, unfortunately. Well, no. A, I won't be on the plane long enough, and B, there's no in-flight internet. Right. What I'll do is I'll record my side of the podcast uh, as an MP3 and just send it to you, <laughs> and then you can do your side on the plane. Great idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't see how this could fail. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? Um, and I think that is it. For this week, Jason, anything else you want to tell the fine listeners before we wrap up? I don't want to tell them anything else. Okay, very good. If you want to contact us, you can call us at one 483 zomb That's 9662. It's a toll-free call, everybody. You can find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or Facebook.com slash TheTalkingDead. We got to do something more with that Facebook page. There's not a lot going on there right not now. Not a lot. Uh, the, the episodes do make it up there, but uh, a little bit more discussion would be good. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll think about what to do. Finally, you can use good old email, talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your comments, questions, or anything you might have to say. If you live in New York City and you're going to be attending Comic-Con, or even if you're not and you just want to get together and, and, you know, see what I actually look like, if, if, if you don't know already, I'm is, like... Is that a selling feature? Uh, what are you trying to do here? I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, I, I don't know, my, my image is out there online. So if anyone tries hard enough, they could find it probably. But uh, if you want to get together or you got some time in New York to show me around, hey, I'm all for it. So send us a quick email and uh, we'll set something up. So we're a month out. I'm very excited. Mm. Everybody uh, everybody keep uh, keep your, I don't know, keep your excitement level high. <laughs> And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with episode number 54. Bye.